0: Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. I am so used to introing anything I record by saying, hey, it's G, because I actually work for a company called Move With, little shameless plug here, and I record workouts so you can access my content anywhere in the world, just with headphones or put your phone on speakerphone. I'll take you through any type of workout you can think of. <laughs> Everything from spinning to running to lifting to cardio, hit trick classes, you name it, I've recorded it. So It's a new habit for me to say hello and welcome to the Dare to Move podcast, but we are here. This is episode four. I'm super excited. And my goal is for these to be able to stand alone, especially because I am totally guilty of opening up a podcast and just picking whatever title sounds good. I rarely start a podcast from the beginning unless it's like a murder podcast And I need to follow in order. So today, I'm going to give you just a little perspective on me. And I'm going to tell you about where I actually am as these words are coming out of my mouth. Because it really is a perfect intro for what we're going to talk about today. So I am sitting here in my pink bathrobe. And my hair is still wet from the shower. I had this idea pop into my head in the shower. I have time before my first call today. And I thought, why not? Go for it. And that's in a nutshell how I live my life. I really let passion guide me throughout the day. And I feel very fortunate to have this type of lifestyle. So I'm gonna tell you today the five steps that it, I guess if I were to make five steps or five phases that it took me to get to this place. And so, you know, the title is What Do You Do Every Day? And I'm calling it that because I have been asked that question so many times recently. And I think it's because people know that I kind of work for myself. And kind of is because, (laughs) not fully, because I work for a real estate brokerage. I'm a broker, and so I kind of make my own work, but I've been working under the most tremendous mentor, and someday when I can get him stationary, I will interview him because he is the most brilliant man I've ever been fortunate enough to shadow, work under, work for. So... That's why I say I'm not 100% working for myself because technically it is his company that I'm a broker for. So people ask me, Garrett, what do you do all day? And if you followed me on Instagram for a while or my online business, you know that I teach for Barry's Bootcamp. And for about two years, I was doing that at 5 a.m. every single day. So you're like, okay, well, I know you teach workout classes. So if you're one of those people, you're like, whoa, you teach workout classes and I know you do other things. What do you do? And even if you are sitting there and you're like, "Oh, I just thought she worked out all day and that's all she did." Well, you are going to find out what I do when I'm not working out. So, to get started, I want you guys to know that when I got out of college, I thought there was one way to life. You had a job, you got a 401k after getting that job, you were paid every two weeks, you show up at eight o'clock, you leave at five. If you're an overachiever or you're trying to climb a corporate ladder and your office does stay late, then you are one of those people that stays late. You work hard, you do what you're told, and then some, and that's about it. I had dated a guy in college who is or was I don't I don't I don't know what he's doing now. He was an accountant and he would work insane hours and those insane hours, you know, in his mind were all to climb up, you know, the ladder in the big four accounting world and so you know that's what picture I had cuz he was already an adult working when I was finishing up school. So I got the job. I had an hour long commute. I would show up at 8. I was very fortunate to work for an amazing guy who would call 8 a.m. morning meetings and he was very motivational. He'd actually hire motivational speakers to come into the office. And I just want you guys to know that I know that's not normal, but that was my normal like, hello and welcome to the real world. It was pretty cool. It was cool in the sense that it, it I totally eat up motivational stuff. So every day he'd say a motivational speech. He'd highlight someone that was doing something awesome and then he'd say, three, two, one. And we'd all say, let's go set the world on fire. And we'd all clap hands and break. And when I say we all, I mean, 100 plus people standing around their cubicles. So I will make a movie about this someday. Anyway, so I had the eight to five, I would fill my mornings before eight. So aka 5am. And then after my hour long commute home at about six to I would do something physical. So I would either teach a workout class, take a workout class, go to yoga, go for a run, walk to the grocery store and walk back and just kind of be outside. I love that about Chicago. I loved having time outside to just breathe in fresh air and walk everywhere and you know get those get those steps in. So that was phase 1. I had someone telling me what to do. I had clear-cut expectations, but there was a part of me that wanted to create my own destiny or to control that. And that was the part of me that if you've read my book Dare to Move, you know that like I spent weekends walking the streets handing out resumes like the first month I moved to Chicago for fitness. I was constantly reaching out to people in fitness and asking them to get coffee with me. Hey, tell me how you do fitness full time or tell me about your blog. Or I actually asked the man, Joe Flanagan is his name, who ran the awesome company that was my first eight to five job. And I asked him to get coffee. We actually got coffee together twice. And I have no idea why I thought this was okay, but I didn't ask him about work at those coffee meetings. I asked him about what he thought I should do in the long run. I told him about what I wanted to do with my family. I told him about other things I wanted to start. I told him about my little TRX LLC and my like workout boot camp classes I was hosting in the park. I didn't ask him about how to make more calls a day because that's all that was required of me is like make 100 cold call sales calls a day. And as you can imagine, especially if you're, you personally work in that right now, it It's not fun. But it is kind of fun to be creative about like how to get someone to stay on the phone. So hopefully you're still listening and I've enticed you. So that was phase one for me. It was like, this is the real world, eight to five. It's a grind. If you want to have fun or playtime, it's got to be before and after work. And that is life. Now, luckily for me, I got out of that eight to five lifestyle after only three months. I went into the phase of what I call the eight to five work from home lifestyle. So because those three months ingrained in me that you need to be at your desk at eight, you do not stop till five, I had a job where you know, my boss wouldn't necessarily answer my emails until nine. Sometimes he wouldn't even answer my emails all day. And it didn't necessarily start 100% working from home, but that's kind of what it turned into. Plus, I moved to Boston, so it really turned into work from home. So I actually still coordinated my day around those eight to five hours because I wanted to be available all the time. So even if I stepped out to go to a doctor's appointment, I'd be like, okay, well, if anyone calls or asks, like, I just, I'm doing a late lunch or I didn't take a lunch and so I'm going to this doctor's appointment. Like, I was constantly nervous about someone looking over my shoulder. It's like an invisible ghost was looking over my shoulder saying, like, are you working hard enough? Are you doing enough? And it was strange because I always knew I was doing the best I could, but it was very hard for me. And you people working from home, you know this. It's Hard to justify sometimes like going to the grocery store at 11 a.m. Or for me, getting a manicure at 1.30 because you know it's not going to be busy and you can get in, get out, get done quickly, right? So that was my phase two. And during that time, I realized, okay, at my old job, all I could do there was cold call and organize my pipeline of sales, right? And when I wasn't doing that, like you know every other employee in 2013, I would get on Facebook and... Sometimes I would message my workout clients on Facebook, but I couldn't, like, I felt guilty feeling like I was running a business, like at a business where I should be working, right? So it actually wasn't until I started working from home that I was like, you know what? If nobody's gonna respond to my emails and I don't have a conference call and I can't physically drive to see this real estate that I'm working on, because at the time I was a real estate developer, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna take 20 minutes where maybe I'd be brain dead or scrolling through Instagram and I'm going to write a blog or I'm going to buy the URL for my future website. You know, I started taking these baby steps and still I'm doing this these little baby steps, but I'm still, you know, basically at my desk from eight to five or I'm driving real estate between eight to five, teaching workout classes before eight o'clock, or working out before seven, and then I'm doing stuff in the evening. So that was still kind of this flow. And you'd think I was crazy, but I actually really liked it because waking up knowing that I had that, I was gonna do something for myself first was what I liked about Chicago and what I liked about my first job because I couldn't necessarily control what was gonna happen from eight to five. And I knew I had to be in that that horrible office building, but I could control my morning. And so I continued with that. And then I started to take a little bit more control of my day because sometimes in situations in big companies, small companies, you can only control so much when you're relying on other people. And you know some life coaches and people out there say, well, you don't rely on anyone. It's like, I know in business settings, sometimes you can't make a decision on a project until your team has also like verified it or confirmed it or reviewed it or your boss has reviewed it. So I am going to throw it out there. There is dead time in a workday and that's okay. It's how you use it. And you don't have to like write five blog posts or start an online business or whatever. But mentally, you can start to open your mind to other things and just having that good headspace. Listen to a podcast, turn it on for 10 minute increments, like, you know, do something. So that was phase two. Phase two was working... Uh, I I have notes here and it says, WTH, what the hell am I doing? So I was let go at 24 from my real estate development job. And again, huge dramatic thing. If you want to learn about it, read my book. (laughs) Anyway, so by the time I was let go, I had a blog, I had things going and I had enough workout classes. And I just started teaching at another spinning studio where everything in my life was gravitating towards fitness, where I was like, I'm just going to stay here. They gave me a 60 day grace period, which is crazy to like look for another job. And I didn't, I just started cranking out more articles, started taking on more clients and just filling my schedule with personal training clients and just teaching group fitness. And I thought, you know what? I can do this. I can make ends meet. My rent is like, I'm only paying a third of my rent because my former employer is going to continue to pay their portion for, that was part of my severance was they would do that for me for a year. And I said, you know, if I'm only paying a thousand bucks in rent in Boston, I can live on, you know, whatever I can make in fitness, which I think, you know, could be probably in the $60,000 range with just group fitness. But then when you put in my online business on top of that, I think I did almost six feet, almost. I was like two, I think I did like high 90s in that first year after I was let go, which is amazing. And it just shows you like even when you don't know what you're doing, you can figure it out. Like, that was my what the hell am I doing phase. And it was like, okay, I'm working from home. I'm working for myself. I can choose when I teach. I can choose how many clients I take on. I can choose how much content I put out. I'm going to figure this out. And I did. But that was a short phase because I, you know, the soon, as soon as I was like, what the hell am I doing? I was like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to dare to move. I'm going to just go, go, go. But phase four. I hustled myself into sickness. And if you listen to podcast three, you totally know what I'm talking about. I wasn't sleeping enough. I was getting up at 3.30 Monday through Friday just to have my morning routine, stay how I wanted it to stay, and still be ready to teach at 5 a.m. And then I would lift at 6. And then I would teach spinning at 7 most days or have a personal training client at 9. And then I would do client emails until I taught in the afternoon at 4 or 5. Sometimes I didn't teach till 7.40 p.m. at night. I taught Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. I mean, I was going, going, going. Saturdays, I did emails and worked out myself or slept in, but I was never not working. My brain was. But what I kind of realized in that phase, which is interesting, is that you can actually do all your work in four hours. And it was actually, I think that that's when the four-hour workday, four-hour workday or four-hour work week came out. And someone was talking about it. And then I was like, oh, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't read it, but I totally get that because all I really needed for my business was four hours of uninterrupted time. And the rest of the day, I was either going back and forth between a spinning studio, working out or teaching a class. So if you say, okay, she taught two classes a day on average, which some days I had like four sessions with you included personal training, but let's say like 2.5 on average out of the seven days a week. That would make my four-hour workday at my desk, that would be like a a six-and-a-half-hour workday. But obviously, for me, fitness didn't feel like a ton of work. So I just thought, okay, this is a principle that if I continue to be productive and focused, I'm going to hold on to that because, number one, it's really convenient when you travel. I'd go home to see my family, and I'd be able to do like 30 minutes of emails, go work out, come back, probably an hour of emails, shower, eat, whatever, go back another hour and a half of emails. What is that? Two and a half hours, three hours. And then I'd do a little bit more and I'd be done. And that was so helpful for me. And also for you online business people, having a flow, like creating your own workflow is so helpful. And I don't really have a super systematic one, but my online clients will always check in at the end of their day And I always respond in the morning. So it's ingrained in me to wake up and, you know, sometime before 9 a.m., I will respond to them. So that's kind of like, okay, morning is client emails. Mondays are always when a new client, if I have one, starts. And Fridays are always when clients check in. So for me, I was like, okay, well, Fridays, I don't teach a lot. I'm going to spend more time at my desk updating everybody's program. And doing client calls. So that was super easy for me because I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna carve out that time. And when you can create those patterns, it just leaves a little bit of things in your life to be predictable. Predictable is, in my mind, kind of boring and, and no fun. I, I like to live with a lot of uncertainty, which another podcast will get into, like, even more of the uncertainty I faced in my life. But I like to have my own workflow. So the workflow was good. The hustle was not. The lack of sleep was not. The taking Benadryl to fall asleep was not. The drinking, well, I guess I didn't drink a ton later, but there were some phases during this hustle that I started drinking a little bit more than normal. Um, fortunately I was doing, which is not, it's good and bad, but I was doing bodybuilding competitively during this time. So I was very regimented and arguably for my activity level not eating enough. And so that's kind of why I was able to or why I did hustle myself into sickness. And so as I decided to like I don't even know when it hit me, but I decided to come out of phase 4 and move on with my life and I knew I needed to shift gears. And it's because during that hustle part I agreed to start working in real estate again and When you adding that onto my plate was good, but I got nervous and I just thought, well, what if, you know, since this is real estate is the most lucrative potentially, what if I need to be doing real estate for three days and I can't do online stuff? Like I need to figure this out. So I started toning down my content creation, my newsletter communication, my Instagram posting. And I also hired someone to help me, which was good, hard, but good. And I just thought, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I don't feel that passionate anymore about my online business. My passion for helping people was there. My passion for being the shining star helper or lead head coach on Instagram was not. And I thought, okay, I have word of mouth marketing. I'm going to keep that where it is because that is a lucky thing to have. And I'm going to keep doing a good job with the few clients we're still working with. And that I'm going to put my heart into my novel. Because it's you can't really force passion. And my heart was just drawn to finishing it. I had worked so hard on it. I wanted to keep going with it. So I did. But when you do something well... And you're really engaged with something. It's hard to do other things. So I was doing, you know, the bare minimum with just teaching at Barry's Bootcamp. I was not teaching spinning anymore. I was not personal training much anymore. Just a few random one-off sessions. And I was working hard on my book and going for all this stuff. And I felt really empty because nothing was really taking. Right? There was like real estate was inconsistent. There was no. Flow. There were no clear and defined responsibilities. My boss would like go MIA and be the busiest person ever. And I just felt like, okay, I agree to do this. I'm taking money from this guy, you know, just as a new broker, but I'm not doing any work. I'm not teaching as many various classes as I used to. I'm not taking on as many online clients as I used to. I'm about to publish this book, but I'm self publishing. So I don't have a publisher to like do the work for me and I don't have a ton of money to market it. And once it's done, it's done. And so the book did get done. And it, I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but really, really amazing feeling. But there was this huge void because now I let my baby, my book out into the world. It's done. That project of passion was over. My online business was slow. Real estate felt slow. And I was just like, I can wake up and do my workout like always. I can wake up, teach my Barry's classes because I only had a couple 5 a.m.s at that point and keep going. But what do I do from like seven to five? Especially if I teach like two evening classes or in the evening twice a week. So that's why... I'm bringing this, you know, this is literally the subject of the podcast is like, what do you do every day? What do I do every day? Because it used to be a really touchy thing for me. And it was touchy because I had no answer. I don't know. And I was also, I was coming off of being literally sick. I had C. diff in my stomach. I had adrenal fatigue. I had severe distension and bloating in my gut. I couldn't sleep well through the night. I had night sweats. I was Chronically tired. No amount of caffeine would help. So I no wonder nothing was going well because I was, for lack of a better word, hot mess. And so as I started to take the steps to take control of my health again, I I was forgetting that part of what is health is happiness with your work and your feeling like you have a purpose in this life. And when no one thing was taking, my book wasn't didn't sell a million copies. My online business wasn't making a million bucks. I, real estate was like I was doing like barely anything for real estate. I just thought, what do i do i don't I don't even feel it besides that the Barrys class I have to teach that I you know I'm basically on autopilot in some ways that the, I could wake up in the middle of the night and teach a class because I've been doing it for so long. I need to use my brain, I need to find passion again. I need to find purpose. And I kid you not, your health will go to shit if you do not feel like you have a purpose because it takes a toll on your mental health. When your mental health is suffering, your gut health suffers. When your gut health suffers, your mental health suffers. So it's all this vicious pattern. And I really can't tell you if it was a chicken or the egg of like what caused what, but I felt this huge void. And I was like, okay, I know my why in fitness. I want to help people feel better. I want to inspire others to believe in themselves. However, I don't know why I'm doing real estate. And I had to dig a little deeper because there was a huge part of me that wanted to keep doing it, but I didn't have my why. And as soon as I found it, which again, we'll talk about later, and I started to like set up regular calls with people, check in with random connections I barely knew, but also like, Knew enough that, like, I could shoot them an email. I started making appointments. I started making calls. I started messaging people on LinkedIn. I started networking. And out of the, you know, two months it took, and two months is really not a long time, two months of day in, day out, sitting at my computer, just thinking, like, who can I reach out to? What properties could I look up? What you know, clients has my boss worked with in the past that maybe he just hasn't focused on recently that I can help with. I started to find a flow. And so now when somebody asks me like, what do you do every day? I actually feel finally like I do have a flow. Like I feel like I did when I was working the beginnings part of my hustle with my online business where I know what I need to do to be better than yesterday. And I know what I need to do to try to push certain deals along. And I know what I need to do to keep my happiness where I want it. And that's a huge thing because I know that if I don't work out, I'm not going to feel happy. I know that if I don't carve out time to go to lunch with a friend once a week, I'm going to feel disconnected. I know that if I'm at my desk working late because I just wasn't focused all day. I'm gonna miss out on time with my boyfriend. And these are things that I've learned along the way matter to me. So when someone asks me what I do every day, my answer now is, well, I have to be at Barry's boot camp at six different points in the week. So working around those six different times, I have my same morning ritual every day. I journal every day. I try to listen to a podcast every day. I try to write something every day, whether it's in my journal or like for a blog or an Instagram post, something that's like making me feel creative in the slightest. I reach out to a friend every day and I try to go to bed early. And those are the, you know, that's what I do. But as far as like, you know, I don't have to be at an office at eight. I don't get a one hour lunch break. I can eat lunch at 10 a.m. if I want to. I make sure I'm still at my desk between eight and five if I can. You know, I'll I'll go to the grocery store at eleven or ten when there's no traffic because for me, I want to be as efficient with my time as possible. So I do go to Whole Foods at like 10 a.m. on a Tuesday and I'll go to the nail place at one o'clock on a Wednesday, like if if I need those two, if I need to do those two errands. I will book beauty appointments during the week and I'll bring my laptop with me as long as I don't have conference calls. But I you know I schedule what I want in my life. I, I schedule it in there. And the biggest thing that I don't think people think about is that you know time is money, and there's certain things when you have a portfolio lifestyle that are ultimately going to pay more than others. So if I have a real estate tour, On a Tuesday, you better believe I'm gonna be there instead of teaching a workout class because the valuable information I'm gonna learn and the potential deals that may come up during a real estate tour with a client are monumentous compared to, you know, a one-time fee from a workout class. So yes, I do prioritize my time around what is gonna make me the most money. I do focus my time and efforts. On what I think will make me the most money at the time. But I can also tell you that some of the best money I've ever made has come from things that don't start by paying you. You know, I didn't get my first real estate commission check until two years of working as a broker. I didn't get paid over a hundred bucks for move with as a as an instructor until a year in. But once I did, the money came and it it was great. And so I'm not saying that starting from day one, you should take the thing that makes you the most money today. It's what can ultimately make you more money in the bigger picture. So yes, finance definitely drives my day, but so does my happiness. You know, going to lunch with friends, going to get my nails done if that's what I need, going to get a spray tan or going for a run or going to yoga at 10 a.m. on Thursday. My health is a huge thing. So if for some reason I was up late, I'm not gonna get up and work out. If I have to get up early to teach a class, I'm gonna go home and take a nap. If I'm not feeling well, I'm not gonna schedule a meeting. I'm not going to do my workout. So happiness, health, and finances are... I look to those three things each day to schedule my day. And family, family is another thing. Obviously, like I always wanna have time in the evening when Jeff gets home to spend time with him. Like aside from like once a week when I have a late night call, I am always here for him when he comes home because that's like, I want to invest my time in him and, you know, our relationship. So happiness, health, family, finances, Those are the things, FFHH, you can write that down, that keep me going throughout the day. But one thing I always do for fun, and this plays with the whole concept of living a life with uncertainty in it, is I leave room for curiosity. So I start my day with like Googling something that I'm thinking about. And it's interesting because if you wake up thinking about, I don't know, Private jets or something. Oh, maybe I aspire to own a private jet someday. I wonder how much those cost. I wonder where you buy those. Like, I'll just go down weird rabbit holes. Like, I don't even know. Why I use private jets as an example, but I'll do something like that. Or I wonder, like, how much money I think I could make by doing X, Y, Z. And I'll look it up and I'll Google it and I'll think about it. And it really gives me time to just see where my head's at. And be curious and be, and and then also give me something to be excited about. A lot of times it whatever I'm thinking about first thing in the morning has something to do with what I'm excited about. And then whatever I choose to look up or read about is like, oh, oh, wow. Like, it's interesting that I wanted to know about that. So leaving room for curiosity is awesome. And also just like, instead of being like, oh, it's noon. I don't know what I'm going to do the rest of the day. My mindset is always like, it's noon. I haven't heard from these three people. I wonder if they'll call me today. I wonder if they will. Like, I'm so excited to hear from them. And if they, if, if I don't think they will, like, I'm going to be like, I'm going to find three more people that I can call and reach out to for this thing or that thing, especially in real estate. So, you know, I heard the other day, one of my favorite podcasters, Ed Milet, said this. He said, there's no such thing as a trajectory. And in so many ways, I agree but I used to love that word. I loved having a trajectory. I was like, my first job is in the automotive space for online marketing for automotive businesses. And my trajectory is how to learn to market on automotive. And I want to be in the automotive space, blah, blah, blah. That's my trajectory. Now trajectories, if I can say it, are like, it's like opening a door to a room and it's like, okay, so if you go into this room, you're going to see a pink wall. You're going to see a green chair. You're going to have a radio because there's a radio in here. Like, it's like, here are the possibilities. Your trajectory, in my mind, is a way to say, here are all the possibilities that could happen if you go down this. There's a lot of them. And there's no one way to know if they're going to happen or not. But just because you have a trajectory, like, if you're working, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's a possibility you're gonna be working for yourself and your trajectory is you can make as much money as you wanna make. That doesn't mean you have to. I don't think that because I'm in fitness, I have to stay there. I think that, or that I have to work on it all day. And so if you're thinking, okay, I'm in this job, this is my trajectory, start to just think of it as like, here's the realm of possibilities that are in my room right now, but I can easily walk through into the hallway and check out another room. Like you can always do that. And that was a really powerful thing that Ed was saying is just that there's no such thing as a trajectory. Like you can pivot at any point. And so I like to think that every day I'm pivoting, I'm pivoting between fitness, I'm pivoting between real estate, I'm pivoting between online app, you know, stuff with coaching on Move With and consulting with clients. And, you know, I like the uncertainty of every day. And I just hope that this podcast can inspire you to lean into like not knowing what the day is and like embrace it. Like I have no idea, like I might get a call from a recruiter today out of the blue or I might find a job opportunity on Instagram or my crush might text me today. Like you just never know what's going to happen. And so if you approach it with curiosity and excitement and, you know, keep your health, your happiness, your family, and then the financial like weighing of things in mind, I think you'll be able to live a life where you work for yourself or kind of work for yourself. And if you're someone that doesn't work for yourself, but you have that luxury of working for home, like listen to podcasts check in with your mental space like where are you hanging out in your head are you excited? are you thinking about another project you want to do like go for it dare to move go get it I just think that you really can do whatever you want every day and I've had days where I had 17 things I wanted to do and you know what I did None <laughs> who knows why I've just I've had those days I've had days where I end up getting caught up on the phone with a friend for longer than I planned on and I said, you know what That friend needed that. And so I still can't totally answer for you what I do every day, but I can tell you that I try to be better than yesterday. I try to connect with people and I try to leave room for curiosity and my own habits. My habits are super hard and fast and they're not changing. And so they took a while to build and you can start your own ones today. We'll talk about habits in another podcast, but... That's, you know, what I do every day. I do calls. I sit at my desk. I go to the grocery. I cook. I just do the things I want to do. And I hope that you can get to a place where you do too. And also, I'm working really hard not to have a podcast voice (laughs) because one of the podcasts I listened to was talking about how people have podcast voice. I'm trying to speak normally, but also enunciate so that you can understand me and I'm not mumbling. And I also want you to know that, again, I am recording this from my pink bathrobe at 841 in november and i don't even know who's going to edit it yet but i know that this is going to reach somebody and it's going to mean something to you and so hopefully this inspires you and remember i am not your life coach i am just a girl who never gives up and i will see you next time on dare to move bye